Good morning and welcome. You've got Miss Sarah Myers, Dustin Atwood, A1 Custom Car Care. Hopefully everybody had a good turkey day. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I hope and pray that they don't rename Thanksgiving ever because I'm a fan. I definitely like my Thanksgiving. Miss Sarah, how are you this morning? I am well. So I need some coaching from you. Okay. Um, so I was out uh, at one of my local uh, Second Amendment distributors, I guess is how I should put it. I went to, uh, got a smoking deal on a little twenty two pistol. Hey, there and, you go. Uh, was in our local little gun store and Clever, super great guys out there. And, you know, I meet a lot of the listeners at the store all the time, but there happened to be a KSGF listener. Hey, the, that's awesome. Yeah. And so huge supporter of KSGF. I think he pretty much listens all the time. Amazingly nice guy. How is it that, and, and I'm not just pandering to the listeners out there, it's just a whole different group of people that are KSGF folks. They're just the salt of the earth. It was really a cool thing to get to, you know, kind of spark a conversation with like-minded people. Do you run into that all the time, I assume? Oh, yeah, all the time. And whether it's either at a station event or I've noticed that people have started noticing my voice, yeah, which yeah. is really cool. So no fighting in the uh, grocery store That's with right. Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll know. You'll be in the tabloids, huh? Yeah, but I went to a Walgreens, I don't know, it was a couple months back, and I got some stamps. Yeah. And... I actually, I think I either pulled up in the station vehicle or I was wearing the, like, a station logo Mm -hmm. shirt. And he said, KSGF, now, are you Sarah or Katie? Uh And I was like, oh, I'm Sarah. And he goes, okay, well, you hadn't talked yet. So now I know your voice. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's pretty cool. (laughs) The, The thing that I love about it is the conversations that are sparked afterwards. You know, it's, hey, you know, and they're just... I mean, genuine people. I absolutely love getting to interact. And I've been to a couple of your uh, station events. You guys have done some things, I think, at the Whiskey Tango here Mm -hmm. in Springfield. And each time I get to interact with anybody out there, um, it just is really refreshing to have a conversation, which I guess is why you guys go on the trips like you do to uh, Jamaica was your last one. Mm-hmm. It's a group of like-minded people that, you know, have the same values, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. And uh, so I, I don't want to give it away too far, but uh, we're going to talk a little bit later in the show about your experience down in, in Jamaica. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's been just a really, really cool thing. And the biggest, I guess, focus of this show in general is a preparedness mindset. And that's the first rule, uh, you know, it's kind of like Fight Club. Fight Club. Uh, you know, nobody talks about being a prepper, I guess, if you will, or being prepared. <laughs> so we're breaking that cardinal rule today. But, you know, as I talk to the gentleman there at the at the, the gun shop, you know, the, the main focus is not always just about cars. You know, I don't want to bore everybody about cars all the time. The, the underlying message, or I guess the theme of it, is, you know, being prepared all the time. You know, I don't want you guys broke down. And if you are, hopefully you know what to do about it is really the premise behind it. And then, you know, if you get in those situations and you do have a problem, you know who to call or have some kind of a network uh, around you as far as automotive related or, you know, those questions. Because, you know, forever it's been, you know, oh, you know, the automotive industry is shrouded in this like cloak and dagger thing. It's like we're the wizard from the Wizard of Oz at the Emerald City. And, you know, hopefully, Sarah, you've noticed this as well through the years. I'm trying to open that up so you can see what's going on 
behind the curtain. And I've seen it with you as well, where you get to see in the shop and get to know the guys. Um, does it make more sense about what it is we're trying to do in the shops? Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, I've been in the shop quite a bit recently because, yes. unfortunately, my little red Chevy Cruze decided that she was going to need some major repairs. But, I mean, I was in there the other day setting up for Sienna's Angels. Yes. And we'll talk about that later, too. I love that. But uh, I was in there and I peeked my head in because uh, my car wasn't officially done yet. Yep. And there was uh, all of these cables and uh, this big yellow, I don't know what, was <laughs> like running through it. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what is going on with my car? Yeah. And uh, I asked one of the technicians there and they explained what they were doing and i was like okay and then they broke it down for me even more of like this is why we're doing this this is why uh you know this is important and it made me feel really good that all of those wires yeah. were hooked up it, it definitely makes a difference and you know i've been with a1 custom car care i don't know probably 18 or 19 years now so it's been a minute and you know as i've grown as a technician and you know the company has grown and and you know, we've gotten to know a lot more of the community, I guess is the best way to say it. Um, the technicians that, you know, we've had forever, you know, we had folks 20, 30, 40 years retiring. And I'm so thankful for the technicians that we have and have had forever. But especially now, um, we have some of the just, I'd put them up against anybody. And there's a lot of great shops around the Springfield and Republic area. I'm not saying, you know, that everybody else isn't you know, top shelf as well. But what I do know is the technicians that we've got that are taking care of the cars, I'll be real brutally honest. I've got technicians that are better than I am, which is a huge, huge relief for me is that I don't have to be the one touching and fixing each one of these cars, you know, as, as they come in, yes, I have some involvement in a lot of things I'm running between locations. My uh, title is I'm the operations manager for the company, but I still do a ton of diagnostic and drivability work along with repairs as well. But I'm not able to be pinned down as much as I used to where I'm doing every engine or transmission or that heavy line diagnostic stuff coming in. Um, we've got guys that are taking care of that. And even for my friends and family, a lot of times they may communicate through me or, you know, through one of our service advisors, or I may just turn them straight over to one of our advisors um, because we're continuously trying to improve and work and build our skill set as a team. It is much more than just one person. I realize I'm usually the one that comes and hangs out and communicates with you guys on Saturday mornings. But, you know, the the workload or the brunt of it gets done by kind of a, a team or a group of us. And, you know, with in Sarah's case, you know, that service work we had been talking about and we were aware of that was needing to be done. And it kind of pushed its way to the, the forefront and we had to take care of it. Um, Darren is the technician taking care of that at sunset. He has been uh, with us not a great long time, but he's been an industry professional for over 20 years. And the love and care that I see him put into each one of his cars that he takes care of is top shelf. Um, Donald is another one of our technicians, moved in from, I believe, Colorado. Uh, very thankful to have all of the skills and the you know 20 plus years that Donald brings Harlan, Jim, both of them. Jim's been with us probably getting close to 30 years. 
Harlan's been doing this close to, I don't know, probably 40 years. And then our, our front folks are David and Amanda. So those are both of our service advisors at Sunset. And that's what you expect or, or hopefully I, you know, at least make you familiar with the folks when you come in and I'm not there all the time. Of course, we have our Fort and Sunshine location, Jason, David, Mallory, Macy, actual rock stars. I've worked with them for, you know, better than 10 years, most of them. Um, and then, of course, out at Republic, we've got James, Eddie, we've got Mike, Gunner, and uh, Troy. Troy's been with us 30-plus years. Uh, I actually apprenticed under Troy for an exhaust technician in training since I've been with the company uh, for a very, very long time. Uh, so super, super thankful. Christopher is one of our new young guns that has not been in the industry many, many years, probably somewhere in five to 10 year range, uh, but coming along very, very nicely. So I may not always be in the shop, but I am coming through there and in communication with all of our folks daily, if not hourly sometimes. And the automotive repair business is basically a business of challenges you know, we're dealing with broken things all the time, and we look to solve those to the very best of our ability. Are we perfect? No, I'm not ever going to sell that bag of goods. Are we committed to being absolutely the best that we can, better than we were yesterday, than today? Uh, yeah, we're we're definitely pushing on that all the time. Uh, my, my workload this week has kind of consisted of trying to figure out what the training that we're going to get for our staff coming in the next into the next year, end of this year, you know, into 2022. Um, one of my favorite trainers comes all the way from Florida for us. We do some in-house training. That's something that not a lot of folks can, uh, you know, with other facilities or other uh, folks have trainers that come in from that far away, but that's a relationship that we've had with this particular trainer for better than 15 years and helps continue to sharpen our skill set. And that's something that, you know, I'm actually starting to do a little bit is do some private training for our folks and some of our other local, uh, you know, other shops that are not a one custom car care. And one of the things that I'm putting together right now is that you must continue this education and continue growing with the business. Otherwise, the business will push you out. And unfortunately, a lot of times you'll see folks that at that seven-year mark, they quit learning and quit growing with the business or the trade that they're in, and the business pushes them out. So we need to step into a break. I'm going to elaborate a little bit on that after we come back because it applies to all of us out there, and we'll be right back in a minute. All right, Sarah, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. So one of the training that I'm putting together for our team and our staff, um, have you, how long have you been in this industry? Seven years. Seven years. Ah, yep. that's a key the longer you do this, you'll notice that things are cyclical. They're, they'll go in cycles, whether it's life, whether it's business, whether it's personal life. And a lot of times you'll notice folks work somewhere and they get that seven-year itch is what a lot of folks refer to it. And basically they, they quit or they get out of a relationship, whatever the topic is you're talking about. So you're at that point. 
Um, but what happens is, is they refer to it as burnout quite a bit. And I don't see burnout in you at all. Yeah. Nope. Um, I see you continuously charging and charging and charging forward. Um, and I think a big part of that is, you know, a fair amount of your time was spent as a student. You know, I saw the struggling student while you were cutting firewood and and dealing with all that local uh, college whatnot. Um, but I see it and I, I think that happens when you stagnate and you stop learning. And so that's part of my class that I'm kind of putting together for everybody is, you know, it's easy to get comfortable. It's easy to like, just be like good enough. You know, in the beginning when you start a new company, and I think that's the excitement, whether it's a new company or new relationship or whatever, is you have that excitement. It's new. You're learning. You're, you're, is this making any sense Mm -hmm. to you? And as, as you go through it, you get adequate, you know, you, you get good at what you do. And then all of a sudden you stop trying to be better and continue going. And then, you know, something challenges you or something changes. Maybe they change your software or they change whatever else you got going on. And then all of a sudden you get kind of bitter. Um, have you ever worked with anybody that's kind of burned out? And yeah, bitter? I've had that throughout the, the career. Yeah. And that that's a bummer. And it's like this mm-hmm. just infection on everybody. And so... I wanted to point this out. It's not really an awareness thing, but I think it's something that needs to be talked about more often is, you know, do something that you love, but don't just do it because you love it. Do it because you're good at it and figure out that, hey, just because I was good at it two years ago and I was doing it this way two years ago doesn't mean that maybe I can't get better or more efficient doing it another way and kind of embrace it a little bit. And I know this is a mindset or philosophy and I get down the philosophical side of things from time to time. But what I love and and, and really appreciate when I come into the studio or or anything with with KSGF is that you guys are continuously staying on the edge of everything. You know, whether it's news related or different things that are going on, you guys don't just rest on your laurels basically to say, "Eh, you know, we've been good. You know, we had good ratings two or three years ago. You guys continue to evolve and push. Um, is that something that, that, uh, you think I'm, I'm hitting the mark here or you think I'm just crazy? Oh no, absolutely. Because like in the radio industry, yeah. we have kind of like training seminars as well. Oh. Um, and that's called the, like r- they do radio shows okay. and those are put on by actual like big radio associations uh-huh. and they have, um, all over the country. I went to Austin, Texas Ooh, for one of them a couple of years cool. ago. And I mean, it was just vendors. Well, a mixture of things like vendors that were selling new technology, whether it came to boards, whether it came to operating systems for however you run your station mm-hmm. and uh, different things that you can incorporate to your station. And then, of course, they had seminars like from radio experts, people who were program directors, operations managers, okay. top salespeople, like big wig uh, people for like the, the big companies you've heard of, like iHeart and things like okay. that. So high performing folks, basically yes. the people that are, are not just necessarily in the industry, but they're performing very, very well in whatever it is role that they do. Mm-hmm. And so they brought it in and basically shared those experiences or what's working for them. Yeah. And basically they just talked about like, this is how we were successful. This is how we're growing with uh-huh. it. Maybe if you incorporate some of these ideas into your company, maybe it'll help you. Or if you have anything you nice. want to share, it was kind of like, even though we're with different companies, like the main focus is the same. Like yeah. radio is the same. We want it to continue to grow and be amazing for our listeners. Well, and basically that 
you're not in competition. And I feel this way. I have other shops that, you know, in theory are in competition with us, but I don't feel that way at all that call for help at different times. And I have no problem reaching across and helping somebody else because I want to raise the bar of the automotive industry. No different than what you're talking about. If the radio industry continues to get better and continues to evolve and be relevant, because if you don't, all of a sudden you're going to you're you're not going to be a radio station anymore. You're going to get pushed out because you're not valid or relevant anymore, I guess would be the best word. So I love the fact that you brought that up, and that's something you guys are committed to. It does show here. The reason that I bring this up and I'm sharing all of this, I guess, idea with everybody out there is that's a fundamental part of A1 Custom Car Care. If you want to work with us or be a team member with us, and honestly, I've had many top-shelf technicians seek us out because wherever they're at, they're not doing this. They're stagnant. You know, they're just okay doing whatever they're doing and they're not keeping up on the new technology. And one of the reasons that this is a fundamental part of who we are is a, it's proven this works. And if you don't do it this way, you're going to go out of business and I'm not interested in going out of business. Uh, but B is I want to keep sharpening that, that edge for us. I don't want to specialize and stop working on carburetors, basically. My instructor, when I was in vocational school, uh, Greg Allen was the guy's name, top shelf, out of Monette, Cassville area. Uh, he told me as part of our school, it wasn't just training us on how to work on things. It was training us how to be successful in the automotive field, which uh, I didn't get at the time. But now that I look back of where I've kind of come from, I realized that that was one of the most important things that he shared with us. Um, and out of my entire graduating class of that vocational school, I believe I'm the only one doing uh, automotive as my profession. They all got into other things, which is fine. Uh, but this is what I wanted to be even from a very young kid. I wanted to be an automotive technician. And, you know, 20 years later, here I am. Long story short, basically his words of wisdom were, do not just specialize in what's going on now. And and back then it was still some carbureted work, uh, you know, throttle body fuel injection. But had I stopped learning, a lot of those cars are off the road at this point. Now this idea goes out to any field out there that's that it's not just automotive related. You need to continuously being progressive as far as not a progressive in a like a politics way. You need to continue to keep up with how things are changing. You know, technology uh, does eliminate a certain amount of jobs. It does. Um, when we look at, say, the fast food industry and how they're pushing up some of the uh, minimum wages and whatnot, and I'm, I'm not saying I don't want to get political on that side of it, but eventually, if you push that up too high, that's going to eliminate many, many jobs out there, and they're going to do it with robotics or, or some kind of a technology. Now, what that does open up the field is somebody's going to have to fix those robotics. Somebody's going to have to manufacture them. Hopefully, it's here in the States. Somebody is going to have to maintain them. Somebody's going to have to troubleshoot them. So if you just decide that, hey, I just want to be the you know the, the burger flipper, which I have been. Uh, I worked at Sonic for many years flipping burgers when I was younger. Uh, there was a lot of education that came along with that, but I digress. Um, 
the the robotic side of it and i have some friends that work for uh some big companies that run some robotics uh throughout here uh just outside of springfield missouri um they're doing very well it's a very good field to be in but they've applied themselves and grew with that so you know for every uh i guess door that closes a window opens is for lack of a better term and you have to continue educating yourself even if you know, there's some dark or some bad things that come up. Just keep your head out of the sand and keep looking and you will prosper. It's the times that you don't pay attention or you ignore those things that really blindside you and kick you back on your heels. And if we just have a pity party about it and we don't do something to, you know, get ourselves out from under that or continue ourselves then yeah then you get those points where businesses close down businesses downsize and you get pushed into another field now that if you are optimistic or trying to look on the bright side and not just paying attention to all the gloom and doom that's spouted out there from from many of the folks in the mass media if you will um then you will be prepared to seize the opportunity and I realize I got way down, but the bottom line of this is that's what I want to be a part of. I choose to be a part of A1 Custom Car Care for that very reason is because that's how they roll. Um, you know, if something goes bad and it does from time to time, we don't get the car taken care of. We don't communicate very well on whatever the issue and the reason that they're there. Those are difficult situations or you need to be comfortable being uncomfortable and realize that that is one of the most valuable learning experience for you, the technician, the service advisor, and the customer, because we're all in this essentially together. We're devoted to getting to the bottom of what's going on with your car problems and the philosophical side of it or the why behind it is what I love about this business. We're down at the bottom of the hour. We're going to be right back after this. Welcome back. We've got Sarah and Dustin. Sarah, I want to talk about car culture. Okay. So uh, the United States has an extremely strong car culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty much part of who we are. We don't have the uh, infrastructure for public transit like a lot of other countries do, which, I mean, I think is a great thing because I love being able to get out in my truck or whatever kind of vehicle you choose to to have and go when I want, where I want, okay? So with that being said, you recently got to see another country and you spent, a, was it a week in Jamaica? Yes. So talk to me about what you saw down there because I'm sure it's significantly different than the the streets or the motorists that you see here in the United States. Oh yeah, most definitely. Well, first off, the the big difference between us and Jamaica is, uh-huh. of course, they drive on the other side of the road. Oh, that takes some getting used to. Yeah, and uh, it was definitely terrifying the yeah. first time you see those people on the opposite side. It's scary. Also, they drive like crazy down there. Really? They will pass you on either side. They'll go 90 miles an hour. They go fast. Holy cow. Yeah. I mean, we saw some interesting things. So is there no traffic cops or, I mean, is it just, it's a free for all basically? I didn't see any cops. Now, there are speed limits, quote unquote, but I mean, I don't think they follow them. (laughs) So you just go and avoid, it definitely would have to be defensive driving essentially. Yeah, it was absolutely terrible. Terrifying. One of the craziest things that we saw while we were driving is, um, so we went th- 
we were at the Grand Palladium Resort and Spa. And so that is kind of out from the airport. It's okay. about 40 minutes. So we actually went through like Montego Bay. And I think it's technically in uh, Lucia. Okay. I think that's how you pronounce it. So we saw some actual city. Like it wasn't just American tourized. Okay. Because um, you know how whenever you go around airports, yeah. it's they've got it catered to Americans. Mm-hmm. Well, we actually got to see how they live. And one of the craziest things that we saw is on our way out in the countryside, there was a bull mm-hmm. with horns yeah. and it attacked a vehicle. What? Yeah. You got to see it happening. Yeah. It was the craziest thing we ever saw. Holy cow. Yeah. I have a picture and of so it. And so what did they do? They just I like. Mean, they just swerved in the other lane and there was oncoming traffic and they just like swerved around, got on the shoulder and got back on the really? road. It was the craziest thing. That's intense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am, fortunately or unfortunately, I've seen cars hit cattle before, and it is amazing the damage that a large, you know, bull in this case, or even a you know yeah. cow for us, can do to a car. Yeah, yeah. So, I wow, mean, that's yeah. a monster. <laughs> it's very wow. uh, real and scary. Um, so one of the things that I noticed about vehicles, they don't have a lot of variety mm-hmm. down there when it comes to different brands, if you will. Okay. There was a lot of Nissan and there was a lot of Toyota okay. while we were down there. We passed a couple of different dealerships and like used vehicle mm-hmm. um, shops, I, I guess. And I mean, the vehicles there were in very poor condition. Yeah. It was obviously no inspections, things that we have to go mm-hmm. through. They were just like driving them until the wheels fell apart. Wow. And I took photos of town so you could just kind of see some of the vehicles that were on the roadway. There's oh, wow. one yeah. that we saw. But, and I'll post photos too so you guys can get an idea of what exactly I'm talking about. But <laughs> I mean, we saw a lot of Toyota, a lot of Nissan. There was um, one new vehicle dealership as well, and it was Kia. Wow. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. So that's basically all we really saw. There might have been a BMW dealership too, but I didn't catch the... I just saw it, and I was like, oh, crud, I didn't get to Mm -hmm. see what it said. We were going kind of fast because they drive crazy. (laughs) So so did you guys get to drive while you were down there, or did you have local drivers? Oh, we had local drivers. You had local drivers. Yeah. That would be a terrifying experience because not only are they like driving on the other side of the road, but they drive on the opposite mm-hmm. side of the vehicle too. So it's like a twofer there. Well, and I'm sure there's a lot of manual transmissions. And I've I've driven some right-hand drive vehicles with manual transmissions, which is, you know, for us, typically we're shifting with our right hand on the left side of the vehicle. For that one, you're on the right side of the vehicle shifting with your left uh, but the pattern is typically still the same. So it would definitely, you know, where it becomes second nature, you would have to very much focus on driving. Um, I have a friend who's another shop owner. He does some missionary work down in Mexico. Oh, yeah. And one of the things that was one of the most, uh, I guess, enlightening discussions is obviously he's a career mechanic. He owns his own shop, has forever. And when he's down there, a lot of his missionary work is uh, fixing or getting local cars back up. Uh, I think they do have parts stores down there, but very seldom does anybody have money, which is going to be similar to what you experienced on uh, Jamaica there. And so they have like a group of broken down cars and they're all makes and models. But if you need an alternator for a Kia or, you know, whatever, you may take it off a Honda or whatever else and make it work on the other car to get it back going again. 
And it was just amazing to hear some of his stories. I mean, if you need a belt or a hose, you go over and you figure out how to fabricate it or MacGyver it, if you will, over to whatever it is you're working on now. It's just incredible of what I'm used to here in the States and the standard that we have when you take all that away, what it really boils down to is just like, wow, I don't even know how you do that. Um, I had a, an, a suspension instructor one time that was was teaching internationally, and he was down in South America, I think is where this one was, um, where if you come in to us and you have a bad ball joint, we get a new ball joint and we put it in there. Um, South America, the labor was so cheap and the, they didn't have the money for parts that they would reform that ball joint and basically kind of reconstruct or rebuild a ball joint, which is absurd in my opinion. I'm not saying I can't do it or wouldn't do it, but it just makes zero sense. And I'm looking at him as he's you know teaching the class. I'm like, what in the world? And he said, well, the labor is just absurdly cheap. I mean, you could have a laborer for, you know, eight hours a day for $3. And so they rebuild that stuff because you can't afford or buy new stuff. It just is amazing kind of the bubble we get into. And I love paying attention to international car culture. Um, you know, it just, it's very, very cool. What's popular other places, what they have to work with other places. You know, they can't just order everything like we do and, and throw it on there. So it's, it's nice to be aware of that stuff. Even if I choose not to do it that way, um, you know, doesn't mean that there's not other ways to skin that cat. So I just thought it was really neat. You got to experience kind of another country and see how their car culture works and and how it is um was were there a lot of cars down there in jamaica would you say um there was a fair amount yeah there was a lot of people once you actually got into the cities that were walking okay but there was quite a few on our on our roads and we got Mm. to see a lot of them from people who worked at our resort as well they had a parking lot that was relatively close to where our lobby was so we got to see a lot of the different vehicles and kind of like you had mentioned they were just kind of Kind of like Frankenstein cars, mm-hmm. if you will, just kind of mixed and matched, yeah. and it was it was weird seeing because we're just not used to that here. We're used to every part being the specific part, yep. or you know, like we're just it was just different. And I'll post photos so everybody can yeah, see no, kind of what I'm great. talking about. But that yeah, awesome. it was it was definitely eye opening and interesting. Did you happen to what is their currency? Are they the American dollar there? What, no, they have their own. They currency. do Jamaican currency. Yep. Uh, one dollar of American is one hundred and forty-two for them. Holy cow! Yeah. Well, the reason I bring that up is I was curious if you happen to notice, which I don't know how we do the conversion. I'm sure we can figure it out. But what their fuel cost in Jamaica was? Did you happen to see? Any it was one hundred and ninety-nine. So wow, that was actually really cheap. Yeah, then, so, like a buck fifty or something. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's uh, probably no taxes. I bet the taxes... I don't think they had taxes on it. But there was quite a few gas stations that we actually saw. Hmm. And I believe they were Texaco's down there. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I wish ours was a buck fifty again. I know, me too. Uh, I'm pretty sure when uh, Trump left office, it was like a dollar forty-four, if I remember right. Um, if one of you out there remember and want to send it in, definitely text because I'd be curious to see what that was. Uh, we got just a little bit of time left. 
Uh, maybe this will bleed into our last segment. But I had a, a text message from somebody that listened to our last show. Um, do you remember the question on the Suburban, Sarah? Had the Suburban, it was intermittently not starting. Oh, Had yes. put a fuel pump in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wanted to know whether I looked all that information up before I answered that question. <laughs> Can you tell them whether I did that Absolutely or not? Absolutely not. What <laughs> what I do is uh, I will go through all of our messages right before the show. Yep. And I will make sure that I get them out. I don't share them with you before we do the show. I just say, hey, I've got show prep and I will show you my little papers yep. that I've got. And then uh, I'll ask the questions. And that's we, all knowledge right there. Yep. That's, that's 20 <laughs> years of work. But we are going to step into our last break. Sarah and I will be back in a moment. We got just a little bit of time. Sarah Dustin, A1 Custom Car Care. First off, the Santa's Angels. Yes. You set up our tree this week. I did. I was so happy about it. I'm so excited. Give us kind of the overview for folks that maybe don't know what Santa's Angels are. Sure. So Santa's Angels is my favorite thing that we do. I work with Great Circle, and they help with area foster children or children in need. Mm -hmm. And uh, we get together, and we make Christmas happen for these kids. And it's really magical because some of these kids have never had the opportunity to get a real Christmas. And so the... The wonderful folks over at Great Circle and the cottages, they get together, they sit down, and they ask the kids, now, mm-hmm. if you could ask for anything for Christmas, what would you get? And it's the things that they truly want. Yeah. And then our listeners and our wonderful sponsors, they get together and uh, we put these little ornaments on the tree. Mm-hmm. And then our listeners come through, get the kids their wish list and i mean we make christmas happen and it's a magical thing i actually look forward to this every year Mm -hmm. to be a part of this now it's at our sunset location um we have a lot of folks that wait and they don't come in and a lot of times you won't be able to participate in the santa's angels because they'll be you know the tree will be bare essentially Mm -hmm. and so we always keep close tabs on that um i can tell you with certainty that there won't be any that aren't uh, picked up through our facility, we will take care of all of them. Um, and and typically, it's our listeners or our, our community and folks that we already deal with come in, and they're pulling them off. So if I do take one, and I fulfill the items on the list, Sarah, what do I do with it after that? Sure. So make sure that you the little ornament that you grab. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you take it with you. Okay. Take it shopping. Get as much as or as little as you can yep. because it is just a wish list. You don't have to get every single thing to a T okay. on that list. But then after you get the gifts, you'll bring them by our station. We're located at 2330 West Grand Street. Okay. You don't have to wrap the presents. We need them unwrapped. Yep. Um And basically make sure that gift tag stays with those gifts so Mm -hmm. we know, hey, this gift belongs to little Ella. Yeah. And then Great Circle comes and we pick them up, make sure that everything stays so-so. Wow. And then they wrap the presents and they make Christmas happen. And so how long do we have to do that? Do you guys take that right up until the... The ninth hour before Christmas? Or? Nope. So our final day, the latest that we want presents in by is Wednesday, December 
15th. Okay. And the reason why we have kind of a little window between that date and Christmas is because just in case a kiddo uh, gets left behind, uh-huh. uh, it gives us time to do shopping for them. Okay. And it also gives us time to get all of the presents over to Great Circle. It gives us time to make sure that they get wrapped, make sure that they get to mm-hmm. the right hands, and it just gives us time to make sure that everything is officially organized so every kiddo gets a Christmas present this year. It was very humbling, you know, when you set it up this week. You know, I kind of looked through it. Typically, we, you know, we'll always take one or two or whatever. I usually leave them out there and, until, you know, everybody that comes in can can choose what they want. And if there's some left over, we're going to take the rest of those. But um, it's very humbling to see the things that they ask for. A lot of times it's not, it's, you know, it's not like, hey, I want a new car. It's nothing like that. It's it's what I would consider needs, honestly. Yes. And so that's the biggest part of this is, you know, to make sure that they, they feel special during Christmas because it's a magical time of year. Um, and I'm so, so happy to be a part of that. It, uh, it's a very humbling experience to kind of to to be able to give back a little bit, which I love. I right. truly, truly do. So yes, very, very cool and very yes. exciting. Great thing to be a part of. So our sunset location is where you will find that we we kind of move it from store to store. We've been doing this several years at this point, uh, and and very graciously be a part of it. Um, so nineteen thirty five West Sunset, uh, David or Amanda are both of our service advisors. You'll see it right there, kind of in the corner and all set up. If you want to be a part of it, you need to do it sooner than later. And I'm not that's not one of those deals where like, hey, it's a limited time special. Um, you, you need to be on the front side of that if it's something you want to give back because they will be gone. Yes. So. And like just kind of an example. So typically, and when I say that I do quite a bit for this, mm-hmm. um, the little ornaments that you see, all of that handwriting on the back oh, it's yours. is mine. Okay. And so sorry if you can't read it. No, it looked good. <laughs> I, I flipped through several of them the same day. But typically what I do is uh, I do get emotional seeing some of the things that are asked for typically i will take two or three kiddos and uh take the ones that make me uh that touch my heart the most and this year i forgot to grab my kiddo because i just i forgot and uh his name was colton and unfortunately well fortunately somebody's already adopted him so because i went back to look for him (laughs) he's already gone i'm like dang it but yes good yes uh but colton i believe he was uh, 17 okay and he asked for a flannel shirt he asked for new socks and he asked for a gift card so he could go to work wow and he just he needed it for Mm -hmm. gas yeah and most of the time, the kids will actually write their their requests out, and okay. so that was something that he specifically asked for. Wow! And that I don't know, it just really hit me hard. Yeah. So I'm really happy that somebody adopted yeah, him and for sure. is going to get him those things for Christmas. Well, and they're going to range age from months old to mm-hmm. obviously years old. So yep. you can kind of tailor it. You know, I see a lot of folks that have kids in a certain uh window mm-hmm. is a lot of times they'll adopt kids in that same window because it goes along with their current events or their their spot in life so that's a super super cool deal yes so yeah really cool program yes. very very cool i'm very happy to be a part of it yes absolutely 
Uh, very interesting you brought up gas, because I want to talk a little bit about that. I think we got a few. Oh, no, no. You had something you wanted to talk about. Oh, well, yeah. Um, this is actually like a, a feel-good, happy story. Somebody got busted. Yes. Okay. So this is KY3. Inve- awesome. Investigators say a property raid led to the seizure of more than 100 catalytic converters, weapons, and other stolen property. Evan Marshall, 24, faces felony stealing and gun charges. Good. Investigators say between December of 2019 and October of 2021, Marshall became the target of a federal investigation regarding the theft of catalytic converters. Investigators say he purchased the stolen catalytic converters as well as other stolen property. Goodness. What a bum. I mean, a true... Over a hundred. So, just so, like, my mind's going right now, Um, the damage... Typically, on most stolen converters is somewhere in the neighborhood, anywhere from four hundred to probably twelve hundred dollars. Some extreme cases are more. So you think over a hundred? Let's just you know, let's be conservative and say five hundred dollars each. That's a lot of damage to a lot of cars, and then realistically, you could push that up to probably eight hundred to a thousand, depending on how. Uh, reckless they were in their theft of catalytic converters. Uh, For you folks that don't know, and hopefully most of you are aware right now, the catalytic converter thieves are hitting uh, many communities across the country very, very hard. They're targeting certain vehicles, um, easy targets that pay a lot. So the fact that somebody local here around the Springfield area finally got busted, finally got prosecuted, or is in the midst of being prosecuted, um, I'm very thankful to hear that there hopefully will be some justice done. Because for our side of it with A1 Custom, I see you guys come in. It's the holiday season. You're not planning, um, nor did any of the damage come to your car from lack of maintenance or anything like that. It is sheerly vandalism. And sometimes I have folks that are hit two, three, four, five times. And then uh, the insurance company will typically step up if you have full coverage maybe once or twice. But after that, they no longer will cover that. Uh, Unbelievable that people will go out sometimes in the broad daylight. We've had some during the day lately, not just necessarily sulking or, you know, hiding in the shadows at night. And steal them at churches, at volunteer events, at the mall, at your place of work, at your home. Um, I've had them at fast food places. I mean, it's unbelievable. And then what we do is we have to fix the damage. So not only do they steal the converter, usually they damage other components while they're under there. Oxygen sensors, exhaust flanges. Uh, I've had them cut through fuel lines. I've had them cut through brake lines. Um, and and you typically don't know anything happened until you fire the car up. And it is extremely loud at this point. So the article, Sarah, that you found uh, where they busted him, does it say where he was busted? I'm assuming he was local. I was thinking Rogersville is maybe where they discovered the cash. So I th- I think that he's kind of all over the place because like, uh-huh. it's very broad. Um, but hold on. I'm. I didn't read the whole article out okay. loud because I know we're short on time. I'm sure they can find this article. Yeah, should, I'll link so it. They cho- should, should um, choose. 
But yeah, so one of the things that I wanted to mention, investigators say Marshall knew that he was buying the stolen catalytic converters Mm. and then giving the sellers currency to fund their addiction to narcotics. So it kept ramping people up to keep stealing. So basically he was kind of like the go-to guy. So he probably had some minions, if you will, or, or, you know, crews or teams out there. A lot of the the video surveillance that I've seen when people are are videoed stealing them is is like two to three man teams, and typically they have a driver. So you're talking about a group of folks intentionally. This is with intent, by the way. I'm not a lawyer, so just this is obvious to to most folks. They're intending and they're planning what it is that they're doing. That's a big deal. It is. Well, unfortunately, we are out of We're time out of today. Time. I know. This, time flies. This one went really quick. It did. Well, if you guys have any questions out there in Radio Land, it doesn't matter how big or small, you can shoot those questions over to us on our text line, 417-447-5743, or you can shoot us a message on the KSGF Facebook page, and I'll make sure that Dustin gets them. I hope you have a really good rest yes. of your weekend. You guys all as well. Thank you. Bye.